This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pile of thunder and rock and roll. And here we go. The patented... Duff McKagan, joke of the week. Hey, Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling you. Uh, hope you're doing well. want to tell you about this couple. They uh, were pregnant, and fa- finally became time for them to go to the doctor and have the baby. They went, and uh, she, the, the, she went through labor, and, and the baby came out, and uh, it was just a head. And the doctor and, the, and the, the dad and the mom were obviously stunned. And, and, uh, and, but the doctor, you know, checked out the head and, you know, he came back and he said, look, you guys, it's a, it's a normal baby boy. So it's just a head, but it's a normal baby boy. So, you know, just raise this boy as your own and, and normal, everything's normal here. And so they did. They took the, the head, the boy home, and uh, they raised it as a little baby and a toddler through childhood and, and uh, through teenage years. And, uh, you know, the head grew up. And then the head turned 21, the son, and, and the dad took him out to the, I'm gonna take him to the bar and uh, get him his first drink. So he takes him to the bar and, you know, kind of plops the head on the bar. And the bartender's a little surprised. And uh, he goes, my son, this is my son. He's 21 years old and I want to give him his first drink. And, and the bartender brings out two beers and the dad pours it down the, the boy's mouth. And lo and behold, his arms pop out. And the bartender and the dad are just stunned and the kid's stunned too, as you quite imagine. And uh, the second beer, he can drink it himself. He, he pours it down his own mouth and his torso pops out. And they, the bartender rushes back and gets two more beers, and uh, you know, thinking, hoping for the best. And the, the boy drinks the fourth beer, and his legs pop out. And this is a joyous time. And the, the dad, the bartender, and the kid—they're all drinking. And finally, uh, you know, it becomes two o'clock at night, and the bartender said, "Look, I gotta shut down. I gotta kick you guys out. This has been great, you know." Uh, so the, the dad and the boy go stumbling out on the sidewalk and, and, uh, the boy stumbles into the street and a bus comes along, hits him and kills him. And the bartender comes out and says to the dad, you should have quit while you're ahead. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Wow. <laughs> Duff went a long way for that one. Uh, quit while you're ahead. Uh, I'm not sure I could even retell that joke, but we love Duff for sending them 
every single Friday without fail, Guns N' Roses just re- uh, announced their summer tour, and it was just both Duff and Axl Rose's birthday this past week. So happy birthday to both those guys. And like I said before, Duff gets a lot of these jokes directly from Axl. So thanks to both of them. And thanks to you for being here with us today on Hacksaw Jim Duggan Talk is Jericho. Uh, it's going to be a great show. Uh, we got a two by four and a hill uh, wherever he goes. Plenty of stories from Jim about Roddy Piper, Andre the Giant, Bruiser Brody, the Iron Sheik. Yeah, you're going to hear about the big arrest that nearly ended Hacksaw's wrestling career and definitely killed his push with Vince McMahon. I figured I've known you for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. It's funny uh, with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. We're here in Liverpool and we were doing a convention. And so after the convention was done, they drove us over to the hotel. And I was in the back seat and you're in the front seat. And both of us were sitting there for like 30 seconds trying to figure out how to move the seat back. And then your wife came and just flicked one little switch. <laughs> yeah, well, that happens a lot, actually, especially at this stage of the game. In other words, we'll still be in the car trying to get you out of the back. You We'd know? be squeezing up through the driver's side. Well, you know, first thing I got to do, Chris, though, is get a hole. You, you know, know. I, I got to get a hole in. I said, everybody should start off the morning with a good hole. What? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it took a second, Eric. I'm too busy adjusting the volume. Yeah. Yeah. Second the other good one I always say is, hey, Jim, how you doing? Yeah, good, doing good. Uh, yeah, I had a little health issue there recently. But uh, no, what you're saying, when I say how you doing, you go, oh, good for an old timer. Oh, that's, yes, that is. That's, that's what you always say. I always do say that. And I'm saying you said that you said that 20 years ago when you were my age. <laughs> yeah, well, old brother. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but seriously, I was going to say for the last couple of months or six months i go on instagram and you're in the hospital bed yeah. and it seems like there's some issues that were maybe a little bit scary or something along yeah, those lines sure was man uh i was in uh, the icu unit over thanksgiving uh my heart went into afib and i you know i always never had a heart issue you know and mm-hmm. uh, i was just having trouble catching my breath i said to my wife i said maybe we should go to the doctor she's like we're going to the hospital <laughs> and boom they plugged me in and uh Long story short, they ended up uh, giving me uh, the shock treatment uh, two different times, six, uh, three times each time. Wow. Yeah. And it would come out of AFib, but go right back into it. And they said a lot of folks have that their, their whole lives and not even aware of it. Uh, but uh, I, it was having an effect on me. So they ended up doing a procedure called an ablation when they went up through my groin and, and uh, jammed, uh, shocked my heart again and got it back into rhythm. Of course, Jake called me and said, Duggan, you never had any rhythm anyway. <laughs> the Nasty Boys called and said, we'll get a hold of you by Ouija board. I'm like, you know, you know wrestlers. Yeah. I mean, zero, uh, yeah, no, no sympathy zero at all. sympathy whatsoever, right? Yeah. But that's, so you're saying you actually got the shock treatment where they put the things the paddles, on? Yeah, uh, the first time. The filibrator or whatever? Uh, yeah, uh, three times, boom, boom, boom. And uh, of course, they shaved and burnt my chest. They did it. And they had to wait two more weeks, and then they tried it again. Boom, 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 and it went out, but it came uh, it came right back into AFib. So they said, boom, they went in through the groin, and I just uh, saw the surgeon before I came over, of course, and he was like, you know, uh, you won't have to see me again. And my cardiologist, he, he says, uh, he, he's a, he, like a wrestler guy. He goes, Duggan, he says, your plumbing's fine. Your electrolytes are screwed up. <laughs> so they went and checked the heart. The actual heart is, is working good. Now they got it back in rhythm. So You know, I always wondered about that. It happened to, to Lawler a couple of years ago when right. he took a couple elbow drops in a row. And the motion, and the, I wonder if sometimes taking all these bumps that we take, someone told me once it's like getting hit by a car at 10 miles an hour each time you take a bump. Yeah. What if that shakes your heart out of whack? 
got to have an effect, you know, especially the cumulative effect of over years and years. Right. Like uh, Jake was talking to his doctor, and he's like, well, how many concussions have you had? Jake's like, well, probably two a year <laughs> for the past 40 years. Right. So it does have to take an effect on you, I would think. Yeah, but I joke, I said, I'm last of the old timers with all my original body parts. <laughs> Everybody else has got a new knee, a new hip, a new shoulder. Well, that's another thing that always kind of scares me too when you think of like like Hogan got a hip replacement right. um, and a knee replacement. It's like, and those, you guys, I mean, you worked hard, but it wasn't the intense amount of bumps that guys take today. And if, if, if those guys... If your generation needed hip transplants, what chance do our generation have? And then the next generation now yeah, that are doing so much high intensity. Now are pushing the envelope more and more and more. And I mean, and some of the stuff they do is not even the wrestlers, almost stuntman type work sure. they would do. And uh, But that's what the fans seem to like. You know, back in my day, you know, people say, Hacksaw, what's your favorite move? I said, I, I kick and punch. What you, I'm a brawler. I'm I said, hey Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I broke my thumb, I'd be out of work. <laughs> but isn't that the truth, though? I mean, I, I wonder, um, especially for a guy like you, because you've, you've been around for a long time, even up until early 2000s, working regularly in WCW, kind of seeing how things are changing. But at your peak, the the most you, you ever were over was just from a character. Right. And I find that there's not as many characters now as there was back at that time. Mm-hmm. How do you see it as, as a guy who's been around? Well, I think that this generation now is much more professional, you know, mm-hmm. and I think they're probably even more athletic with, like you said, the moves they do. You know, you go into a dressing room, they're all in on their phones and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Back in our day, be, Marty would be sleeping under a guy under the <laughs> chair, you know. Junkyard dog be in the bathroom making noises. I mean, it was a, it was a wild time, you know. So, But I think our generation was more creative. Mm-hmm. I mean, we came up with our own characters. We came up with our own interviews you know when last time i went back uh, to wwe this young kid comes up he goes uh hacksaw here's your verbiage for your interview and i was like how's some punk kid gonna tell hacksaw jim duggan how to cut his interview and like well this is what he wants you to say and i'm like well send me my check <laughs> but i got a whole new respect for those guys that's acting delivering lines and waiting for somebody else to say something and you say something and and seem genuine it's it's hard i, I was like i'll see you in the ring <laughs> i was just so robotic but, I but, could and help that, that's so funny because i feel the same way and i came one step in the past and one step kind of in the now where when i first came into WWE, there were no writers and you write every people talk about this debut that i had in 99 oh it's one of the greatest to be blah 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 I wrote the whole thing myself yeah. and there was no rehearsals. Right. I, I worked it out with The Rock. He knew his part. I knew mine. Yeah. As the years switch, even I saw Beefcake today. He went to the Hall of Fame. How was it? Well, they, they asked me what I was going to say. I don't know what I was going to say. And I had every <laughs> single word and we had to go past fans and approve it. Right. And it's really gone down that road now. So there is a lot of the creativity and I think the character development that you would figure out on your own that's, that's right. taken away. Yeah, and of course, a guy like yourself, brother, I mean, like you said, you saw the transition more than anyone mm-hmm. from where it was and, and to what. But back then, I mean, if anybody's going to be a writer, it'd be you. You see, I mean, <laughs> how is somebody going to write your stuff? It's like, who's going to write Flair's interview? I mean, come on. I mean, just yeah. gotta, some people just got to be themselves. But that was one of the big advantages of back in the day. You'd be in the car with a bunch of guys. You'd be coming up, hey, I got an idea. No, nah, that's the shits, you know. <laughs> how about that? That's a great idea, you know, and because you, you spend so much time in the car and you get the you came much closer. I think the guys were a lot closer back then. Mm-hmm. You know, now guys, they got their own bus. They have fun. You know, it's a, a different deal. 
but hard to argue with success. 80,000 people in mania. <laughs> They're doing something right. That's why I, I always joke with the NFL guys uh, when I do some charity events. You know, I'm like, world champions. <laughs> Where in the world do you boys go? <laughs> it's amazing the appeal of wrestling around the world. It really is. You know, um, it, you just hit on so many things in the car rides. Because even in the last few years that I was in WWE, I ride by myself now. I don't want to have to be on anyone else's schedule, whatever. Right. But now I'm the guy that should be taking the young cats and yeah. telling them the stories. Because that's how it was for years and years and years. And like you mentioned, even ha hang out with your friends or guys that maybe had a little bit more experience that yeah. you would learn from. Well, that's the deal. You always, you, It's always better to re wrestle somebody, work with somebody that's more experienced than you. It's like, uh, you know, I always say the second generation guys, DiBiase, Jake, Kurt, they grew up in the business. Mm -hmm. You know, they understood it. You know, I started at 25 years old and it took me years. To, some say it took me 10 years to figure it out, you know. <laughs> I was like, I can beat him. They're like, <laughs> right, right, right. the guy I'm wrestling is like, oh my God. So I saw wrestling two at a convention, you know, Mr. Wrestling number two, I went up because he used to hate wrestling me. You know, mm -hmm. one time I was working with him, he had that white mask, I hit him, boom, and there was a little red dot. And it got bigger. <laughs> Pretty soon his old mask was blood. So I, I found him at the convention. I said, two, it's gone full circle. <laughs> now I get the young kid, 6'5", 300 pounds, 25 years old. Mr. Duggan, are we on TV tonight? And I'm like, I hope not, kid. <laughs> Red light fever. <laughs> Try right? to relax out there, son. It's a big crowd. What, two, 300 people? I'm like, where's my two by four? <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What did you do before you started wrestling? Did you play football? Or? Football, yeah. Okay. yeah. I'm from upstate New York. I had a, a, a nice high school career. Uh, football was my main sport. I won the New York State Wrestling Championship, unlimited my senior year, undefeated. My shot put record from 1973 stands today. Wow. I'm like, get those kids some Cheerios up there. What the <laughs> devil's going on in Glens Falls? But I was pretty highly recruited. I ended up playing for SMU, Southern Methodist in Dallas, you know. And Gene Okerlund always goes, yeah, Hacksaw Duggan, who took a cut and pay to leave SMU and go to Atlanta Falcons. I'm like, Gene, Gene. But it worked out great because when I was down there, I met Fritz, Fritz mm. von Erich. Mm. And he's the one that suggested wrestling. And I was, I didn't watch wrestling growing up. I wasn't a wrestling fan. I was a football player. I'm like, yeah, thanks, buddy. Mm. I'll be playing 10 years in the NFL. You know, I played, it was with the Falcons in 77, two knee operations. Went up to Canada. I played a little bit with the Argonauts in no '78. Kidding. Yeah, yeah. Would you Would you make there five grand a season? Yeah, it wasn't too much. You ain't kid. And when they called me in, I thought they were going to give me a bonus, but they cut me. Right, I I go in there. I'm ready to gut. But they have the limit on Americans, you know. You right. Know? So if a skilled Canadian player gets hurt, they bring in an American mm -hmm. offensive lineman. You're gone. Yeah. So I called Fritz up. I said, uh, "Hey, I might want to try that wrestling deal." <laughs> The wrestling deal. You know, and I started off as Big Jim Duggan. Okay. You know, short hair, clean shaven. I wore a long gold bathrobe to the ring, right? <laughs> 
So I went up to New York. I broke in in Dallas, but my dad knew Arnie Skolin and Vince Sr. You How'd know, your dad know him? Uh, my dad was chief of police, so who knows how... <laughs> in Glens Falls? In Glens Falls, yeah. <laughs> he knew all the boys. <laughs> right, yeah. Can I just say one thing quickly? It's so funny, growing up in the 80s, like you would know towns specifically because of wrestling. Yeah. Like Glens Falls, yeah. Sweetwater, Texas. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, where's the place where the boss man is from? Uh, Georgia, somewhere in Georgia. Stone Mountain, Cobb, Georgia. Yeah. Cobb County, Georgia. Cobb County, yeah. Stone Mountain is where Jacob from. Jake, so right. as soon as you said where I grew up, I'm like, Glens Falls, New York. I know what that is. Yeah, Never yeah. been there, but I know yeah. that's the home of you. I joke everywhere else, I'm Hacksaw Duggan. In Glens Falls, I'm Chief Duggan's kid. That <laughs> <laughs> Duggan's kid grew up on Keenan Street. So he, so your dad knew Arnie, Arnie and right, Senior? So they brought me in, and I was doing jobs. There's there's going around the internet doing jobs for Hogan, his big gym, and Sergeant Slaughter. I tried to get out of the Cobra Clutch. So finally, Skolin and Vince Sr. call me in the office, you know, and they're smoking the big cigars, and, you know, the old smoke is down this high in the ceiling. <laughs> and they're like, kid, you might have a future, but come up with something better than Big Jim and get rid of that gold bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so they said, we're going to send you out to learn how to wrestle. And I'm thinking, well, shit, where the hell are they going to send me? They said, we're going to send you to Hawaii. <laughs> wow. So I went out. I'm working for High Chief Peter Maivi in Hawaii. I met uh, Haku, one of my best friends. This was like 1980, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I changed my gimmick again. I wear a mask and I wrestle as the convict. You know, and even though I hadn't been incarcerated yet. <laughs> That's to come. Yeah, yeah. That story's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ouch. <laughs> the, the bust of a living infamy. But anyway, so I'm trying to, a young kid trying to dress up the convict gimmick. And so I put little C's on my hood for the convict. And the fans were like, why'd you put those ears on your mask? I said, they're not ears, they're C's. <laughs> for the convict, so. Needless <laughs> to say, that didn't work. I came back. I went to Georgia Championship Wrestling, where I met one of my best friends, Terry Gordy, in my life, man. Mm. Gordy and I became real tight. Then I went down to Pensacola. I worked for the Fullers, and he was a payoff guy. So you could get any combination of drugs or cash you wanted, you know, <laughs> bartering, yeah, whatever you wanted. Because that that territory was nuts. Because that's where uh, Bob Bullet Bob was there. Right. Was like Mick, uh, Rick McGraw. Yeah, yeah. Arn used to tell me they would go party all night, sleep on the beach on oh, lawn chairs. That was great. Yeah. yeah. I had a five hundred a week guarantee, right? So Brody calls me from San Antonio, or excuse me, Buck Roby called me first. He goes, "There's a big spot for you here in San Antonio working with Brody." I'm like. Things are going pretty good here in Pensacola. I had a hot little stripper living on the beach. I had a 500 a week guarantee. Was, and, and short travels, too, Yeah, right? short yeah. trips. Yeah, Joe LaDuke, uh, Luke was there, the bushwhacker. Then Brody called me. He's like, Duggan, get your butt over here if you want to learn how to wrestle. So I went to San Antonio. Oh, wow, to yeah. work with Brody? Brody. No yeah. kidding. Yeah, my first night in was, uh, he was uh, Joe Blanchard was working with um, Paul Bosch. And the last of the great payoff guys, Paul Bosch. Mm -hmm. And so we did Houston, Texas, and I got my envelope and I went back in the stall and I opened it up. It was a thousand dollars. I'm like, talk about setting the hook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming. I <laughs> is that for one week? Was a thousand? That was, no, that was that one show. One show. Yeah, with Brody on top at the uh, that's why like I said, I'm getting got my U-Haul. <laughs> that was the last time I thought a thousand dollar payoff. <laughs> that's say that, right. So what was it like working with Brody? Great. Yeah, Brody was pretty instrumental in my career. Actually, uh, we were out in West Texas, and I was a heel, you know, and just getting back and forth in the dressing room. You know, people spit on you and punch you and kick at you. It was dangerous. You'd walk out to your car in a group, you know, and so they really believed long before sports entertainment, right? <laughs> you know, if you want me, come up in the ring, you know. Yeah. So just getting back and forth was tough. So I'm sitting in the dressing room all covered with loogies and bruises, 
And Brody walks in. He goes, Duggan. He says, if you carry something to the ring, carry something you can use. Forget those feathered boas and sequin robes. I'm sitting there, I look down. I'm like, well, here's a piece of wood. <laughs> <laughs> and I came out young, waving that two by four. It was like part in the Red Sea. Then people scattered. <laughs> I got to the ring. I'm like, this is great. You know. <laughs> you know what's interesting? Because I know because um, you. I think we'll probably get to the point where you work for Watts and UWF, right? Uh, in that area, because yes, I saw. Yeah. I used to get that. In Winnipeg, mm-hmm. for some reason, I think you were down there when I was down there. No, 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 no. no. T- Tony, yeah, <laughs> I just started I think that was shot a little curveball. <laughs> yeah, but Tony Kendall, the promoter of Winnipeg, used to bring the tapes from UWF up to Winnipeg, uh-huh. and I saw you before you were hacksaw Jim Duggan Hayo, yeah, right. and you were like a, a, a hard hitting. Yeah, well, the, as the character went on, I got sillier, you know, which, sure. which added to my longevity. But, but, and that's fine, but I'm just saying, when you first started, because well, people that don't me. know, you you could work with Brody and oh, put we, on a hell yeah, of a match, I'm sure. Buzz Sawyer, uh, one-man wow. gang, we had some some battles down there in Mid-South. You know, it was pretty much a shoot, just to finish was a work. Because, <laughs> you know, as you know, that's a big misconception in wrestling. People go, well, you guys are all good friends, aren't you? I'm like, oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all really good buddies. And Buzz and I didn't get along at all. Really? Oh, uh, no. And uh, so, but we worked together because we knew it was beneficial for both of us. But, but the matches were pretty It was solid. pretty live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, I have had easier street fights than lost. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's, once again, at this point in time, now it's a little bit more, um, I don't know if the word you would use for, there's more parody as far as wins, losses, wins, losses. Then, you needed to win to stay on top to make the most money. Right. Or yeah. get a push to be in the top level. Yeah, yeah. If someone came in, like if I'm Buzz Sawyer and Duggan comes in, you're doing the same hard-hating style that I'm doing, I might not want you around because you're going to screw yeah. my money yeah, up, yeah, right? right. Yeah. yeah. And it's, that's what I said. It's a very competitive business, and people never look at it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell folks as a business, look at it. A bit. There's 1,500 NFL football players. There's 500 NBA basketball players. There's probably 100 guys making a living wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's a television show. It's more competitive than sports, but people never understand it. They're like, ah, wrestling's wrestling. And it's just not kids from America. You got kids from Japan, Australia, Europe, everybody wants. So it's a, a very competitive wrestle, uh, business. Mm-hmm. And the odds of making it, I said, you got a better chance of playing in the NBA than making it in wrestling. Being a top-level guy. But also chase your dreams, because who would have ever thought, you know, I looked at Daniel Bryan. I said, there's no way that guy's yeah. going to make it. Not a chance in the world. But there's a guy that had the heart, the desire, the work ethic, and, and he made well, it. And also, too, like you said, times do change. Like, if you're talking about, I'm a big hockey fan, you're never going to have another Wayne Gretzky because the game has changed. Yeah. You know, even if that guy came along to this day, it would be a whole different ball of right. wax. It's yeah. the same thing with wrestling. Now, you see it, I mean, I remember, and this is, with all ultimate respect, you'll get what I'm saying. Funk and uh, and and Briscoe, classic matches. You watch them; they don't do a whole lot. They don't do nothing so really happens or something. Yeah. Right. Now yeah. put yourself in that mindset of 1972. It's genius watching mm-hmm. it from 2019. Mm-hmm. You have to really understand it, or you're gonna go, "This is boring." Right. So I think that's how the, the business is kind of transcended all throughout. Yeah, and that's why we're talking. The kids are pushing the envelope farther and farther. I mean, right. how much higher can you jump? I mean, tables, ladders, and chairs. Right. You know, right. 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 I mean. What's next? Guillotine match. <laughs> yeah, but the, I mean, it, and the kids are doing it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they're, they're more professional, but you wonder about the long-term effects. But also, I think the kids now are making enough money 
that they don't have to stay in as long. Yeah. You, you know, the, and it's going to really hurt the indies down the road because guys that would be able to draw on the indies made enough money that they're not out there hustling the indies. Yeah, or getting signed very quickly because Vince doesn't want them to go to this place. Or which, or right, which that is great. For some place else pop up, more places to work, the better for mm-hmm. everybody, mm-hmm. you know, not for the, for the talent and for the fans. Right. Because for every Hertz, there's an Avis. You know, there's always <laughs> room for number two. Right. And uh, people want an alternative. And I think that's why the indies are popular now. I, I do, a, you know, a few indies. Mm-hmm. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You mentioned uh, you're good friends with Terry Gordy. Did you ever work with him? Because that's another oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you have me and Gordy down now. It was big Jim Duggan back in there. And <laughs> yeah. Of course, he beat the devil out of me. <laughs> yeah. man. And it's funny. You know, me and Gordy were good friends. I left uh, Georgia. He went his way. I went mine. When I ended up in Louisiana, where I hooked up with uh, Doc, uh, Steve Williams. Mm. And Doc and I became best friends. We moved wow. in together. And uh, then I came up to New York. Doc went to Japan. Him and Gordy hooked up, and they became best friends. <laughs> so all three of us were best friends, man. But yeah. you never did the Japan run with those two guys? Not with you those two. New York no, but we did do the deal, as I'm sure as you do, a pit, somebody have a picture of holding the picture of your buddy holding the picture and go on yeah. and on you know it, uh, so we all but we never were over there together I wasn't a big Japan guy I didn't like Japan those guys loved it but, uh, the the last time I saw Gordy was in Japan that's after he had his was his head of his voice box removed that was Doc I, I'm sorry I meant Doc I meant yeah. Doc he had the like the, yeah, literally yeah. a hole in his throat he had a hole in his throat yeah I remember and throat was, cancer right and it was, I don't recall if he had he, he didn't have the thing the the, 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 the on. he was just holding he would just hold it yeah. yeah i remember seeing he came we were wrestling in japan I actually wrestled benoit and he came there to check it out i have a picture with with those the three of us wow, it's an interesting yeah. shot you know right yeah I, that's the deal by three good friends doc mm. gordy piper are all dead wow yeah i'm a cancer survivor and i had you know a heart issue we yeah. we put a lot of stuff in our bodies back yeah. in the day we were talking with sid about that <laughs> and we we're all sitting around the table flaring everybody and i think it was lita was sitting there with us and we we're all talking I said, Lita, 20 years ago, this conversation was totally different. <laughs> Nowadays, yeah, I guess it hurts. I got yeah. this surgery. You know. well, I mean, you, you, think of the, we'll get into the WWE, but the miles you guys are putting in. But then, you know, it was the 80s. There's a lot of drugs and oh, cocaine yeah. and then there's steroids and, there's, and you're drinking because you're on the road all the time. It's amazing that 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 more guys haven't had those yeah, type of uh, of course, there's a tough, tough business, you know, high yeah. uh, divorce rate, high yeah. drug and alcoholism rate, high, high death rate. And, you know, especially back in the 80s, early 90s, people try to compare you to a sports team. I said, no, we were more like a rock and roll band than you mm. were a sports team. You know, a lot of drug. Here's an eight ball. You want to sleep with my old lady? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> it was the 80s. <laughs> Small piles were good. <laughs> So how did you end up going to, 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 first I was going to ask you, when you were working with Brody and those guys, what yeah. was your name? Just Jim Duggan? Well, I, when I went to uh, San Antonio, that's when I became Hacksaw and got the two by four. Where'd you find the Hacksaw idea? Uh, well, <laughs> the, the BS story is, is from my football days, I was on the uh, kickoff team. I go down and I bust my way through the woods. So I hack my way through. I hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> 
<laughs> Real story of me, Brody, and Roby were sitting around the kitchen table drinking Jack Daniels. How about this? No. How about that? No. How about actually? It might work. Sounds good. Give me another shot. <laughs> yeah. When people go, you're hacksaw Duggan, you carry a two by four. Shouldn't you be two by four? <laughs> Shouldn't you be two by four, Duggan? I'm like, it's wrestling. It doesn't have to make sense. You can't carry a hacksaw through airport security, pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why. Yeah. Of course, one time, though, I got a big giant splinter in my thumb, you know, a big nasty splinter, and I went, oh, ho, oh, oh. <laughs> Wrestler's honor. <laughs> so when you're talking about all these different territories, because in the early 80s around this time frame, yeah. you could go to Dallas and you could go, we mentioned to Portland or, or, or Florida. Yeah, so many territories. And then suddenly Vince starts buying up all the territories. And, and when did you get the call? Uh, to, well, to I remember to when WrestleMania 1 came up, you know, Vince was cherry picking the guys. He came down to Mid-South. We were running Superdome shows. It was a hot wow, territory. It's a stadium, there, yeah. yeah. And uh, he grabbed Junkyard Dog for number one, you know. Now, let me just say this. How popular and huge was Junkyard Dog? Oh, my gosh. In yeah. that territory. Yeah, he was Hogan in Mid-South, right. man, you know. Of course, I was glad to see him go because I got bumped up the card. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> but he, Dog was a friend of mine, so he, he went up, and that business is business. So, boom, that elevated me to the top baby face there in Mid-South. So, I, I was having a good run. WrestleMania two came up. He snatched Jake. Jake went up for two. Wrestle, you know, Jake calls me, brother, you got to get up here, man. So, WrestleMania three came up. I ended up go, going up, making the move. And then DiBiase's down there in Mid-South. He's like, I can't go to New York. Jake the Snake, Junkyard Dog, Hacksaw Duggan. I'm Ted DiBiase. As you know, he comes up, he turns into the million-dollar man. He, he's got the best gimmick of anybody, right? But let's go back and talk about your, your conversation with Vince when he first brought you up. How does that work? No, uh, I, I contacted him. He didn't oh, contact okay. me. Yeah, I, I contacted him, and he said, go ahead and uh, finish out your obligations down there. Very professional. Brought me up. Brings me up to the first TV, and you know New York TV. You know, there's all these 18-wheelers, the buses, the limos. It's intimidating, you know? <laughs> right. And they do, what, like four hours back in the day of TV, you know? So I sit there. I was like on the second hour. So I'm sitting in the back, and Jake comes up. He goes, Duggan, you done? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, let's go. Well, you sure it's okay, Jake? Come on, okay, come on, let's go. Get in the car, come on. So we jump in the car, we're driving down the road. We're about half hour down the road. Jake looks over and goes, man, I can't believe you left TV on your first day. I'm like, brother, <laughs> <laughs> you told me it was all right. I can't believe it, man. <laughs> when uh, when you came in, did Vince have an idea for a gimmick? Because it seems like you already had the hacks on the two-by-four. I had the two-by-four gimmick. Uh, the first thing they did, they had me like on a, a forklift, uh, driving around a forklift. Yeah, they uh, and. Right off the bat, they kind of started putting the gas to me, you know. And mm. then, uh, of course, WrestleMania three, there was a, a huge opportunity. I ran in on uh, Nikolai and the Sheik in uh, Killer Bees, you know, in the 93,000 people. I was really new to the territory. I came down with my two-by-four, had an American flag on it. I hit the Sheik. I hit Nikolai. They roll out. I'm standing in the ring. Got 93,000 people chanting, USA. I mean... It was a thrill of a lifetime, you know. I came back to the dress room. Everybody's like, Duggan, how's the crowd? How's the crowd? I'm like, well, without my glasses, the first three rows are full. <laughs> Is it the crowd intimidation? I'm like, no. <laughs> it sounded loud. It's a big blur. <laughs> but so that's where the USA thing started was from that. Yeah, well, I, I, I did the USA a little bit down in uh, Mid-South because hmm. Ted and I were the Rat Pack, and he ended up hooking up a Skandar Akbar, and that's when I started doing the – the USA deal, but that Mid South, that what a great territory. And of course, working with Ted when we were the Rat Pack, you know, mm -hmm. you had to, we had to come up with different ideas. So we came. This is on the the network. You see, I wore a complete gorilla outfit to TV. 
I'm standing out in front of the studio with a bunch of balloons, and the fans are like, oh, Gorilla, you want to go to TV? I'm like, ooh, 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 right? So they bring me in the TV show. All of that passing up balloons, you know, baby facing the devil out of it. Finally, it's Dog and DiBiase, loser, leave town. So no way Dog's going to lose, like I said. Boom, boom, boom. Dog takes a bump out of the ring. I go over, I brush him off. He turns around, boom, hit him in the back of the head, run his head in the post. I pull that gorilla mask off. They're like, it's Dugan. It's cockeyed Dugan. <laughs> and I wouldn't get mad about the cockeyed deal, but like, it's Dugan. It ain't Dugan. Bro. Two G's. <laughs> you know my interview, right? That was a whole deal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, because you're one of the few guys that came up to Vince at that time that didn't get some kind of a cartoon character. Well, I already was there. We already were, brother. Yeah. <laughs> but then, as I like I said, as I evolved longer and longer, when I became like the king of wrestling, when I was the king of wrestling, I had the cape, the crown, mm. the flag, the board, the thumb, the tongue, the hole, and the crossed eyes, right? And Strongbow be like, Duggan, can you be a little more serious in the ring? <laughs> and then we do that to a primetime show with Bobby and me, me, Vince, Bobby, and Hillbilly and Kurt, right? And Bobby be like, you know, Vince... Duggan needs an eagle. He an, I'm like, Bobby, shut up, right? He'll get you an eagle as a rib, right? Because he got the, the bird, Frankie, right. I mean, Jake. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Give me the lineup the again. The bulldog. What is the gimmicks that you had again? The, the, the crown, the cape, the flag, the board, the thumb, the tongue, the hole, and the crossed eyes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's why I always ask Flair, you know, Flair, woo, uh, woo. I'm like, Ricky, your trunk's too tight or what? It's more like, oh. <laughs> Because, but you were you were getting a really big push at this time too. Because yeah. you were almost like number two babyface behind. Yeah, they were Hogan. putting a big gash to me. Right, right, sure. right. It was the absolute uh, penthouse of the poop house mm. one afternoon, man. Mm. Yeah, we we flew into Newark and we were wrestling in Asbury Park. And I'm standing in a rental car line, and the sheet comes up. I hear she goes, Duggan, maybe I ride with you to the building. I'm like, sure, Shaky. You know, I'm a young guy. Should have known better. Because in this day and age, it's, it's huge. K-Fabe is strong, right? Right. Yeah. America's hero and the, and right. the now, evil. Just, this is right after WrestleMania three. <laughs> evil. Yeah, right. I mean, Iran. in front of everybody. Oh, USA. I'm at the top of the world. Mm. So I get the Shiki in the car, and we're driving down the road. He says, maybe I get some St. Pauli girl beer. I'll never drink another St. Pauli girl <laughs> beer as long as I live. We picked them up and we're driving down the road. I'm like, well, Sheik, I have uh, some pot. You want to smoke a doobie? He's like, yeah. So we burn the weed and we're driving down on Garden State Parkway. I'm sipping on the beer. We go by the trooper. I'm sipping on the trooper. like, oh, my God. Oh. Right. He comes pulling him behind me. I live in Louisiana that's got drive through daiquiri huts. <laughs> <laughs> so the cop, he comes up. He goes, uh, you're drinking while driving. I'm like, yes. Oh. <laughs> but I'm not drunk. Oh, I'm just no. sipping on a beer. He goes, that's illegal in New Jersey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so he goes, you got anything in the car you want to declare? You know, and I obviously could smell the pot. And then my dad was chief of police. And, you know, in Louisiana, you get caught with pot. The cops would take it and say, get the hell out of here, hacksaw. Right, right, right. right. So I said, yes, sir, officer. There's a small amount of marijuana under my seat. Out of the car, feet back and spread them. I'm <laughs> oh, Oh, <laughs> USA. My dad's the chief yeah, of police in Glens yeah. Falls. So now they got me and they go over to Shiki and he's, he has the, uh, the purse gimmick back in the day, right? And they open it up sitting right on top of the big gram of cocaine. Oh. So boom, they pull him out of the car. Now the two of us are against the cars and it's like a police banquet. I mean, there's <laughs> cops everywhere. So everybody's going down the road. There's Hexa and the Iron Sheik. What? <laughs> 
So now we go, and uh, I had uh, got a ticket for drinking while driving and having, you know, four doobies, less than a half ounce, whatever the deal was. So I got two tickets. But the sheik had a felony arrest because they had ended up having three grams of cocaine. Mm. So he had to go in front of a judge. But we got bonded out, and we made the show that night. Wow. And we didn't tell nobody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So I called Deborah. I called my wife. I'm like, honey, we got popped. But nobody knows. <laughs> she calls me like six o'clock the next morning. This is long before the internet, mm-hmm. right? Everybody knows. Oh my gosh. Everybody. So my first call to was my dad who was ambushed in the police chief's office because they come in. How about your kid getting arrested with drunk driving, smoking pot, and doing cocaine? My dad's like, what? He didn't know nothing about mm-hmm. it, right? So I called my pop, and he's like, you get arrested for cocaine? I said, no, sir, I got arrested for smoking marijuana. I know you got arrested sooner or for smoking that shit, you know. He took <laughs> my ass, but then my family really rallied around me because they realized what a huge hit I was about to take, man. And uh, my next call was to Vince, and I'll remember verbatim what he said to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and usually you call Vince, you know, especially me, I'm on the hold for half an hour. Ding, 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 ding. I'm Jim Duggan for Vince McMahon. Click, click, Jim. Uh-huh. And I remember, he goes, Jim, what have you done to us? Mm-hmm. And I said, Vince, I'm embarrassed and ashamed. He says, turn in your tickets and go home. Boom, and slam mm-hmm. the phone down, man. And I, I flew home because, I mean, what a huge, unbelievable shot to my career. I was, I was lucky to survive it. Mm-hmm. And I went home and I went crazy. I mean, I'm surprised my wife's day. I got a big softball of cocaine. I was drinking whiskey. If a rabbit ran through my backyard, mm-hmm. chopping down trees. I mean, because I just achieved your goal. You worked so hard and you had the opportunity. All of a sudden, I'm on top of the world at WrestleMania three and one <clears throat> stupid move. Mm-hmm. Boom, I flush it all down the toilet, everything. Mm-hmm. And because Vince did the promo. Doug and Sheik will never, ever work for Doug because Jake was trying to smooge it over. And Jake called me and goes, yeah, you're screwed, brother. <laughs> I think the worst part of the whole thing was the, 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 kayfabe. the, the kayfabe, right? If it was the weed or whatever, Vince would have worked, I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe not the cocaine, but the kayfabe. Because even as a kid, like, uh, like I said, I grew up in Winnipeg. So this was 1987, right. 88, yeah. 86, whatever it was. A 15, 16-year-old kid, I heard about oh my Sheik and Duggan. Yeah. And you'd be like, like, wow. Like as a kid, you didn't you didn't know. Yeah, it was the bus sides with the here's what how many right. years later. It's a bus to live. Talk about anybody in wrestling got popped. Duggan Sheik, you know. And, <laughs> and I do interviews, they're like, well, we don't know how to ask. I'm like, ask me, brother. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> now it's part of the story. I do a stand-up show. I was and, gonna ask you if you did. And yeah. if somebody doesn't ask it, I have Deborah planted in there. <laughs> Tell us about this. And I'm like, oh, thanks. There's always gotta be somebody, right? Security, come get this guy. Got blonde girls <laughs> at every show. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I had one of those calls when we were in Brazil and somebody threw a Brazilian flag in the ring. And I was the heel. I'd done it a million times before. I'm sure you've seen it. You grab yeah. the flag. Pretend to blow your nose in it, throw on the ground, kick it outside. Halfway through the match, referee comes in. Another referee says, you have to apologize right now. The army wants to arrest you. What? The army wants to arrest you for kicking the flag. And literally, look, and there's an army of Brazilian, you know, national. Right, right. Yes. And long story short, I had to say an apology. Um, I came back. They wanted to take me straight to jail. Right. I had to leave the country that night. And Vince gave me that call. He, he, he actually, I called him and I thought he was like, I was like, hey, you're not going to believe it happened. He's like, you stupid idiot. He goes, you know, you know what you have done to us in, in South America? We've been trying to build Brazil for years oh, right, and yeah. you just killed it. He said, didn't say turn your tickets because this is digital. He said, oh, yeah. he said, get on the plane and go home. 
and I don't want to talk to you until I'm ready to talk to you. And I was that just, must be a standard thing he has for guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did get fired by Doug and Jericho. <laughs> go home. I got suspended. I got fined. You know the whole deal. But I understand that feeling, like you said, of oh, like man. shit. I didn't didn't mean to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know. And I joke. I say, you know, I was never world champion. I was never tag team champion. I was never intercontinental champion. I was lucky to win a match after that. <laughs> so you didn't get fired. Uh, they, uh, what happened? Yeah, I went off for a while, and then uh, finally I realized I had to do something, go back to work. So I called Dusty down at WCW, and I set a meeting up with Dusty. But before I went down, Pritchard called me and said, don't do nothing drastic. We're going to bring you back. Just keep your head down. And they brought me back. But like I said, again, they never put the gas. I mean, mm-hmm. they kept me strong. Obviously, working with Andre and stuff, they kept me real strong, but I never had that momentum that I had if I didn't screw you up. You lost the trust of being a legit top main event yeah, guy, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a big shot to my career, but it's been a successful business to me uh, for me also. You know, so many people hear the negative stories about professional wrestling. Uh, Jake, one of my best friends and all his demons, Scott Hall, everybody here. For me, it's been a great business. You know, mm. I've been with my wife for 35 years. And that's impressive. Yeah. Uh, I never, uh, never had to go to rehab for booze or drugs i did a lot of both you know uh, just never had that addictive type personality i mm-hmm. joke i say no felony arrest <laughs> best known misdemeanor in history <laughs> <laughs> but and i put two daughters through school i live a comfortable life you know and a lot of it's to do with uh, the wwf mm-hmm. you know and uh, of course I, I joke i said the wwf was my heyday where i wrestled dibiase dusty and orton but they also brought me back into wwe where I wrestled Dusty's kid, DiBiase's kid, Norton's kid. <laughs> so first I beat up the old man, and then I beat up the kid. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you uh, when you came back, you mentioned Andre. I forgot about that. That you guys were a tag team for a, a long period of time, correct? With Andre, you and Andre, or did you work? No, no Andre actually he, he elevated me from a mid card guy to a main. Did you work guy. Against, him? against him? That's what it was. Yeah, because I had worked with him as a kid over in Hawaii as a convict. <laughs> all the top guys would go to Japan, and on the way back, they stopped for my via, spend a week in Hawaii, and do mm. a show with me or with Peter. And I worked with Andre, and so I got to know him. So we did a deal on a Saturday night main event uh, where he's standing in the middle of the ring. And of course, there's a giant in our business from Big Show, Yokozuna, uh, any of them. They're like, Duggan, get your two by four. Come on, you know, get, get <laughs> yeah, your yeah. two by four, Duggan. Yeah. So Andre's standing in the middle of the ring. He's like, I challenge anyone. Duggan, get your two by four. Come on. <laughs> so I run down, man. I got my chin on Andre's belly. I'm looking up at him like, I'm going to afraid of you and he went to grab me by the throat and just his thumb hit my lip boom and my lip just fell off wow oh yeah so it's worked out great now because blood is just cascading down my chest just pouring like a big blade job and i'm going down i feel around i get my two by four boom i hit the big giant between the eyes he goes down like a huge redwood tree wwf goes off the air me standing over andre the giant covered in blood 
That's right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, and that and that bumped me up to a, a, a main event guy where I was able to work with Andre a bunch. Well, he must have liked you then for that. To yeah, happen. he definitely liked. Right. Yeah, if, if he didn't like, yeah, yeah, he could be uh, the Bam Bam. He chased Bam Bam out of the ring. Uh, yeah, he could be a, an irritable giant. You know, yeah. I joke. I get on the airplane next to a businessman. He go, I had a rough day. I'd be brother. <laughs> he used to. Him and Bad News had some issues too. Yeah, yeah. Him and Bad News had some issues. But yeah. Bad News wasn't afraid of Andre. Mm-hmm. Man, that would. Uh, been a bad uh, clash wouldn't be good for any of them mm-hmm. yeah because he was a tough tough cat yeah, too yeah because that's another thing about about guys in that era like just legit, like all you guys are legit was a snake pit of tough guys yeah and that's why you didn't have a whole lot of fights because nobody's going to walk away clean <laughs> you know you might get a few but the other guy's going to get his in too <laughs> right, right, right. so there's a lot of mutual respect mm-hmm. because surprisingly there's not more stuff like that because you're on the road a lot you're away from your family you're worried about your payoffs they got 20 guys in a room this size, you know, mm-hmm. made for six. It's television, it's pressure. It's surprising more guys don't pop. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, especially back then, too, like you said, because your guys' schedule was legitimately 250, 300 uh, uh, days a year. Is that correct? Yeah, it worked a lot. Yeah. My longest run was 54 days straight, but Jake and Pipe were up over 100, man. Yeah. Wow. But that, you didn't have a contract back then. So you work, you got paid. You didn't work, you didn't get paid. My 54 was with Andre. So that mean our main event. Mm. So every time Andre wanted to work, yes, sir, boss. <laughs> you ain't kidding. And you can see the difference in your checks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back, back now. How did you end up in, uh, leaving and going to WCW? Uh, well, first they brought Lex in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, you know, I was doing the USA deal, and they gave Lex to Lex Express, and they flew him in on a helicopter. So the writing was kind of on the wall. <laughs> There's kind of a flushing sound going on there. <laughs> He's you know? covered in st- stars and stripes, and <laughs> you just got the stripes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been around long enough to say something's up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I ended up uh, out doing a couple of indies for a while, and then Hulkster ended up down uh, with WCW. And uh, when his first day went down there, I went down with him, me, him, and Jimmy, and uh, went in with WCW when Bischoff was still an okay guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was pre-NWO time frame, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but, uh, <laughs> and it was, it was great down there. Of course, they offered contracts, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, WWF, if you work, you get paid. If you don't work, you don't get paid. So everybody, you know, shit. Mm-hmm. But it shows what a master is because, you know, we went down there. I, I think it was my my second week in uh, WC, maybe my third week down there. I beat stunning Steve Austin so bad he had to shave his head and change his name. <laughs> I, think, I should get a kickback on this Stone Cold thing, right? You know, he's gonna be running around Hollywood blondes or something, yeah. man. I said I beat the hair off the boy's head. <laughs> but that, and that because that, that was me. Do you want some? Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, Come yeah. on, let's, let's have a brother uh, brother cocktail yeah. here. There you go. Because I remember that that was the big controversy, not controversy, but you beat him for a, a title or something yeah, like that. Actually, the, you know, he didn't want to do the job. Uh-huh. And he went down with a bogus injury. That's why it only went 30 seconds or something. Right, right, yeah, right, right. It was just all BS. What was, what was the big differences that you noticed between WCW and WWE at that point in time? Well, I think that was the start of a change of where guys were doing favors on the way out. You know, guy do you a favor on the way in, was your time to leave the territory, you did the favor on the way out. I think then guys were starting to be more aware of, you know, uh, contracts and negotiations and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, there's so many, I'm mean, just thinking about when you when you mentioned, uh, you know, the Andre thing and then the King thing, because you worked with with Harley for the for, to become the King. Harley, yeah. That's another hard-hitting yeah, tough Harley, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it was a snake pit of tough guys. Yeah. Man. Yeah, and then, yeah, Harley was again a great 
the heel work. We did the Slammy Awards, me and Harley. You I know? want to talk about that. Is that the big brawl backstage? Yeah, backstage. Uh, tell me about how was that pitched to you? Yeah, uh, well, they, yeah, they came in because I, I won two Slammys uh, for like best vocals and best hit. You know the ho. But anyway, so I go up to get the uh, the award. It's Bobby and uh, and uh, the King Harley, right? So as I get the award, boom, they push me off stage. Once they pushed me off stage, everything's a tape. They taped it all the day before, right? So I fought all through the building. We had a hell of a battle through the girls' dressing room, through the cafeteria. We went in the run room. There's like a donkey and chickens and all this stuff. We're battling away. Harley picks a chicken up by the head. Boom, boom, boom. Killed the chicken. Oh, my God. Thought we were going to have to shut production down. That chicken, that chicken's dead. Oh, my God. As if we're having churches for lunch, but, I mean, that chicken almost shut down all the production, man. Didn't you hit him with, like, a giant, like, salmon? So or I had him with salmon by the tail. I was beating him with it. <laughs> now, what does Harley Race think? One of the hard-hitting, oh, old-school... Yeah. Carry a gun all the time. Yeah. Coming in there and pour, pouring a punch bowl over your head. Yeah. I tell you, though, that was the... The golden age of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I mean, of 40 years of wrestling, people say, hey, how about the WWF? Few folks still remember WCW, few Mid-South, very few WWE, because mm-hmm. short-lived there, but uh, that was, and I'm still making a career out of it. Yeah, because, I mean, because like you said, that's one of the, uh, the most endearing characters from that time frame. Uh, Cheers, brother. Is um, This might be the first time we ever shared a glass together was one of the most endearing characters. Like, even when, when, when Beefcake got put in the Hall of Fame, I was like, he should be in there. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Everybody knows. Whether you had a good Beef match, or, bad match, everyone yeah. knows that gimmick. Everyone knows Hacksaw. Yeah. Everyone knows Hulk. Everyone knows Jake the Snake. Of course, you didn't have 200 channels to choose from back then either. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a game show, news, or wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have to do any of those singing things at the Slammies when you guys have to get on the stage oh, yeah. and sing? Well, actually, I got uh, a lot of folks been bringing my album here. Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, beats people up. Beats people up. Get an album? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's on the album. Album. My song's on the album, but they put uh, my one song in a big, they have a big. On the, was it on the Pile Driver album? No, it's on one of the other ones. But <laughs> on Pile, that was the first, yeah, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Babitz People Up. You got that? Oh, Jack's got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was it, what album was it from, Jack? I think it was. I think it might have just been gold. Oh, no, it was WWF The Album. It's a WWF. I think it no. went gold, so I do a lot of these charity events. So, yeah, I got a gold album. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Shut <laughs> up there. Because <laughs> that's also, too, they're making dolls. Yeah, yeah. they're you. action figures, that's buddy. Oh, jeez. You just went Vince on me. You know what the best thing of all is, is that now, I don't know if you see Becky Lynch, she has uh, two, two belts, uh-huh. two titles, and she calls herself Becky Two Belts. And Vince is now, after probably 20 years, has rescinded the rule that you can't call them belts. You have to call them titles right, or championship belts. Right. Not even straps. Not right? even straps. Yeah, he yeah. hates belts and straps. But, like yeah. how he must- he, but he also cleaned up the language. Remember back, you know, you shit can somebody out of the <laughs> ring and all the all the terminology was F this, F that. And Well, he went through a phase. He was like, everybody swears too much in going over a match. And he wanted us all to stop swearing. And then about two weeks later, I go and there's explaining the angle. They're going to fucking hit him over here. Shit can't over there. you got to fuck him up there. And you got to yeah. shit can somebody. I right thought we here. weren't allowed to swear anymore. It's all oh, stupid. How can well, we you not? You guys aren't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What about Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling? You were in that too, right? Uh, or the cartoon? No, I wasn't in the cartoon. Oh, no. that must have been But I did Hogan time. and Friends. That was, uh, <laughs> you know, we go as like me, Hobbs, Hags, Hogan, Coco. We do these Q&As. Who are you going to ask a question to? 
<laughs> oh, this is a live show. Yeah, live show. We traveled around the country doing it for a while. We, you know, poor Hogan's like, yak, 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 yak. Me and the guy's like, this is great, Hulkster. I still <laughs> get my pants. He's like, that's enough of that. Hulk Hogan and friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so oh. great. That's so great. <laughs> yeah, well, we enjoyed it. You know. <laughs> I know he did a couple of his uh, shows, but, oh, I know we could talk about that. I don't know if you saw that blockbuster movie we did. Which one? Uh, pro wrestlers versus zombies. I did not. <laughs> oh, Kurt, Kurt Angle, uh, Mad Hardy, Piper, and myself, man, and a bunch of zombies attack a wrestling show. <laughs> Sounds like a classic. Oh my god! It went right to DVD. Yeah. It was bad. But we filmed it in Parkersburg, West Virginia, so mm. they saved a lot of money on makeup for the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I tell you what, uh, I'm not. I'm not going to say you plagiarized, but that sounds like a Piper joke to me. Yeah, it was. All right, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> you almost kind of like, I'll, I'll tell you because <laughs> yeah. well, in the deal not to give the story away the, the, <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> the zombies get me right they turn me into right. a zombie so we're doing the read through for the next day shoot me <laughs> Piper the director is like Piper finds Doug in his zombie Piper kills Duggan but feels bad about it. Because <laughs> we did that Legends House, that reality oh, show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was eight of us. Uh, Howard Finkel, uh, Gene Oakland, Pat Patterson, Jimmy, uh, Tony Hart. Atlas, me and Pipe. And Hillbilly. <laughs> right. Right. And Piper was my roommate. <laughs> oh, my God. So the so, concept of the show is all you guys, kind of like old timers, quote unquote, living yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like, a, like, a, like, what's it called? Uh, the MTV sh show, whatever. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. It, was, it was a beautiful mansion. God, real world. Yeah. yeah, real world. Great man. Out in Los, uh, uh, no, Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, you know, I didn't really know Pipe. The first the first couple of days was like, yeah, how you doing, brother? You know, we're eyeballing <laughs> each other. But then we hit it off. We became best friends. So you were friend. never real good friends back in the day? No, not really. We knew each other, but we never hung Never really together. come. Gotcha. Yeah. But I always joke. I said, the best thing about Ruma was Piper is... You can get away with anything. You blame it on Pipe. You know? <laughs> he won't remember anyways. No, no, he straightened up there at the end. God bless yeah, yeah. him. Yeah, he really did. He was physically, he was broke up pretty good. Mm -hmm. He was one. But one night I went out and I, I threw all the pool furniture in the pool, just try to liven it up, be a big whodunit the next morning, right? So I waited the next morning. I went out and I walked in the kitchen. Pat, Pat and Gene are in there. Pat, it's hot. He goes, I just talked to Vince. Vince is going to pull the plug on the whole project. Somebody ruined all the pool furniture. And I'm like, well... Piper, he wasn't in his bed last night. Oh, that! <laughs> he comes in to have breakfast. They all jump on his head. <laughs> so, how was that show? That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. We, me and Piper, was like uh, summer camp for us. Yeah, Everybody yeah. else go to bed. We'd be giggling, and of course, we'd sneak out every once in a while to have a little puff, you know. And you know, Vince, you knew where some of the cameras were, right? But you know, he had some hidden cameras. Oh, yeah, yeah. So there's got to be me and Piper sneaking around the back of the tennis courts. <laughs> That's got to show up one day. We, uh, I got uh, Batista and I had a, a cage match once. Long story short, he gigged. He wasn't supposed to. He got in big trouble. I got in big trouble because I was the, you know, the general of the match. And Vince sat us down and then showed us the video of the match. Like when you see a UFO show and they show like the little or round circle where the right, UFO right, is, yeah. he's showing the round circle where Batista's gigging. And he's showing these camera angles that I've never seen before. 
Like they're not hard camera. They're not. There's a camera where the Tron is when you come out on the stage up there somewhere. Because I asked him, I said, "You have secret cameras?" He goes, "Well, I'm not going to tell you that." I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing, there was a secret camera angle. So yeah, there's what cameras. There's one in the dressing. Room? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, though, Vince, I, I tell you, he's one of the first guys to, to work. One of the last guys to leave there, mm-hmm. man. You got to respect him uh, one way or the work other. Work ethic man. all across yeah, the board. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really. I know. A while back, I did. Uh, I was there doing a rehearsal for. Or something with a headset and I said uh, something and all of a sudden no Jim that's not right I'm like well, two o'clock in the afternoon what <laughs> yeah. are you doing here right? yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I have genuflected I said thank you <laughs> I have a theory that he hangs out at every Madison Square Garden show in the rafters like the fan of the opera <laughs> right. I, think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he's always there somewhere I would say the hunchback but you can't say that no more <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Yeah, Too yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. Hey, they Wrestling gave a, joke. They gave a billion dollars for the Notre Dame uh, restore. So I think they'll be okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So what did you, uh, when you're working in WCW, as, as we start to wind down here, obviously it's a different world now because, like you said, um, I know there's a lot of guys that work there. Like, ah, just make your money, brother. Don't worry about it. Was it more disorganized or was it, cool until a certain point or did you really enjoy working there yeah i enjoy well, first uh, it was it was fun in the beginning you mm-hmm. know and then towards the end my opinion is that they were trying to push me out of my contract you know and i had a nice little contract they they flew me up to the cnn center and they're like duggan we're going to make you the janitor of wcw i'm like well great you know <laughs> you got to wear a janitor suit i'm like well that's what janitors do what the hell and when I came to do the vignette, I was supposed to clean Vince Russo's toilet with a toothbrush, you know? Mm. So when I got to pour Diet Coke in the toilet, right? Instead of doing this to you, I'm like, oh, I'm cleaning the toilet. The <laughs> <laughs> gimmick got over a little bit. I found the uh, TV title in the trash, you know? Well, of course it's going to get over because you're doing it. Yeah. Well, that's the deal. Embrace it. If you right. do something like that, embrace it. One man gang as Akeem, he embraced it. Terry Taylor as Red Rooster, he hated it. In the course, it, it didn't died. work. It didn't work. I we had a show in Winnipeg once. Raw, the last time Raw was there, and I showed up like, "What am I going to do tonight? Challenge for the world title? Am I am I gonna am I in the main event?" And it's like, "No, no, you're in a, a musical chairs contest." I'm like, "What? Yeah, you're doing musical chairs contest? It's my hometown, right? Yeah. No, no, this is what you're going to do, and that's either you have you have two ways to go: get pissed off and and sandbag it, or go, okay, this is going to be the best yeah. musical chairs segment ever, and it was great, but." Yeah. Sometimes your own ego gets in front of you and you Which, forget it's a show, right? Well, that's why you're more professional, especially as you're younger. You're like, I ain't going to do that. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know when I first started, like, well, I'm not going to beg. Uh-huh. There's a bad guy. I'm not going to please. I, right. <laughs> <laughs> few years in the business, don't hit me, please. Few years the people don't, in the kick. Few years in the business, don't hit me with that giant uh, salmon backstage at the Slammies. <laughs> but that's no. how it is. Like you said, people forget sometimes that this is show business. Yeah. And if you and I uh, get a part in a Steven Spielberg movie, mm-hmm. and here's the script, and Duggan, yeah, you know, begs off, and and Jericho yeah. plays musical chairs, you're going to do it. But I'll tell you something, Chris. I doubt if you even remember this, buddy. I was at uh, WC. CW and I was doing, you know, and they try to use me up to build people. I was doing jobs for right. stuff. And they had us scheduled as a match 
and you came down, you were supposed to come down in your street clothes and just go to the, that Doug and you old timer, I'm not mm. even going to wrestle you. I'm not, it's not even worth it. Before the show, you came up to me and said, Jim, I'm really not comfortable saying this stuff to you. And, and I, something I always remember, I thought that was a, a very class act. Mm. And I appreciate it. And I was like, oh, please, Chris, you say something to me that elevates me, my brother. And, but there's uh, a way to say it, though. You know what I mean? Because they would always, they tried to get me to do that to Marty Jannetty one time, too. And it's like, I'm not comfortable saying this, A, because obviously I have respect for the business. But on on the on-show segment of the, of, 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 of the show, it doesn't help me to say it. It doesn't help you to say it. So why say it? Nobody's yeah. getting over. No. Let's do it the other way around of like, hey, you're... You know, but how many been... guys would do that, bro? Well, you know. Yeah, that's, that was... Uh... There was actually another time I remember, if you see if you remember this one, in WWE, probably about 2009 or so, because um, I remember you were, wearing, you, you were wearing blue gym shorts to the ring for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wanted us to have like a 30-second match and then go into something else. And I said, why even have the match? Let's just have a promo. Right. And I'll say something or whatever it was. And then let's... Well, there's no reason for us to have a 30-second match. Right. Uh-huh. And whether I win or lose, if you want us to have a match, let us have a match and we'll go beat the shit out of each other for five minutes or so and have some fun. You know what I mean? Like there's... A, you have to stand up for what you're doing sometimes, Right. right? Yeah, exactly. You know, when speaking of young guys doing it the right way, uh, Edge, mm-hmm. you know, I was when I brought me back to WWE, Lita was a hoe. That, that, got, my, <laughs> right. that got my foot in the door. So they brought me in and they're like, uh, they finally put me on TV with Edge. I think they were going to see how it went. And I'm thinking, Edge, he's looking at me like an old timer. He's like, uh, he's giving me his B game. No, he went out there, gave me his A game, made me look good, mm-hmm. and actually got me a, a contract with the WWE. That's right, because you got a ladder year contract. Yeah, that, that's something I'm most proud about because the WWF was my heyday, but mm-hmm. I also worked in WWE as what a talent. about 2010 or 12 or 9? Yeah, something like that. I like remember that. that. Yeah, they teamed me up with Eugene for a while, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, <laughs> Super Crazy. I was with Super Crazy a little bit. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah don't Work with Umaga, another giant Duggan. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a two by four. <laughs> he was good though, man. Yeah. Well, he killed me too. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, for a while, my wife would come out. I was getting ready to wrestle Yokozuna. She came out. She goes, Jim, don't do it. He'll kill you. Yokozuna killed me. I'm working with Goldberg. She does his deal on TV. Jim, don't do it. Goldberg will kill you. He killed me. I'm like, honey, don't come out anymore. <laughs> Jesus. Every time you come out, I get crushed. You're my bad luck charm. <laughs> you met Deborah. <laughs> well, so, like, as, as, once again, as, as we wind down, do you, see, you still work now? You said you do some indies here and there? Yeah, well, actually, uh, I'm going to the ring tonight. That's right. Eight, so we have eight to man tag, you know. <laughs> and here I have been giving you brother cocktails. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Edit that out. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's the deal with Hexo. He wants you to run down and jump in the ring. I'm like... You want me to do what? <laughs> you guys got stairs, don't you? <laughs> but that's the thing I love is, is you're still involved. And we talked about this earlier because you got over with a hill yeah. and a two by four. That's all you have to do. It still works to this day. Right. Man. And it still, it, it does. Yeah. I mean, uh, and who would have ever thought it would work? You mm-hmm. know, like I said, there's no set formula. We're in something like football. If you run a four, five, 40, bench press 500 pounds, have, you know, a 30 inch vertical leap, you got a good chance of making it. Mm-hmm. No set formula. What would work for some guy in wrestling doesn't work for another guy. It's mm-hmm. just uh, luck of the draw. And That's why kids come up, they go, Hacksaw, I want to be a wrestler. You got any advice for me? I'm like, yeah, get golf clubs, kid. I said, <laughs> I said, that's where the money's at and a lot easier on the body. <laughs> 
Winnipeg is being such a huge wrestling town. Uh, uh-huh. I used to go hang out uh, at the hotel. It was the Polo Park Inn. Right. I'm sure you remember yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, and I would wait to meet the guys. And I was always super scared to talk to the big guys. So I talked to the little guys, talked to Coco and I talked to Sean and I talked to, you know, those guys. And one time I went to talk to the Bulldogs and, um, or maybe I can't remember, it might've been Akeem, one of those two. And when I went to approach them, they looked at me like, don't even think about it. I'll kill you. And I walked away and you were standing there and I don't know why you did this. You don't obviously don't remember this, nor should you, but I think you might've seen that this, 15 year old kid was just basically told like, I'm going to kill you. And, and I, I was walking away and you went, uh, how are you doing kid? And I said, good. He said, what's your name? I said, Chris said, nice to meet you, Chris. And he gave me like one of those overwhelming handshakes where you're going up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> and then you said, have a good time. And I, and I was like, thank you. Hacksaw, Doug. Oh, cool. And my friend was there. I said, did you get a picture? And he couldn't get the, thing to work but i'll never forget that it was that you that those guys were like kind of mean and you were i think you saw it or maybe you just were being nice or maybe you were buzzed brother buzzed i'm not sure but you gave me i remember that i told my dad as you know doing stuff like this the fans are you know so great i mean Mm -hmm. to be remembered it's humbling you know you stand in line you're signing autographs you see this big tough guy in line he's working his way through you like where's security you know (laughs) and he finally gets up to me he's like grabs my hand he gives me the grippers he squeezes my he goes hacksaw duggan me and my dad, we used to watch you together. Uh, it, it's humbling yeah. to have folks like that. Uh, lady today came up with a picture of her mom. They used to watch the show and just hugged and cried. Mm. I mean, it's humbling to think you have that kind of effect on folks just from a, a TV show that mm-hmm. long ago. Mm-hmm. That's why you try to interact with them. You know, have you know, you see some guys just sign an autograph. Yeah. And they're like, come on, brother. Hey, how's your day? How's it going? You know, I saw you today with the crowd in line going, hey, oh, come on <laughs> here, say hey, oh. <laughs> you know, well, last question for you. From a wrestling standpoint, what's your favorite match that you ever had? Oh, well, the the biggest feather in my cap, of course, is I win the first Royal Rumble. Everybody remembers that. That's right. You won the first Royal Rumble. Yeah, but then, but uh, what I remember, though, you know, is uh, being from a small little town in upstate New York. As a kid, my dad would bring me to New York City to Madison Square Garden to see the circus, you know. So as an adult, to drive up in front of Madison Square Garden and see Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Andre the Giant. I mean, it was a, a double be main event at the Garden yeah. and being there with Andre, and uh, it was a thrill of a lifetime. And no matter what profession you're in, you sell out the Garden, you sell out the Garden. So it's, Andre sold out the Garden. I was there with him. <laughs> <laughs> it always takes two, brother. Oh, man, yeah, Hack, so thank you so much for doing this, oh, man. My pleasure, Chris. Thank you for having me on, man. Yeah, good to see you, my friend. And uh, I'm going to come see your comedy show in Winnipeg yeah. at Yuck Yucks. No, uh, no heckling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna, Tell us about the Iron Sheik yeah, song. Yeah, if Deborah can't make it that day. <laughs>